Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, joining me from far, far away lands, as usual, my co-host, Ethan Carter. How are you, bud? I'm doing great. How you doing, man? Good, man. It's Monday, which it's means Monday. we're recording. Exactly. We actually, we had a guest. Now, this is what pisses me off, right? <laughs> it's not that we didn't get the guest because things happen. I'm not right. mad about that. What pisses me off is that I teased it last week. <laughs> and <laughs> well, I teased it a lot. That's why you never say a name, though, right? It, it, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So, um, yeah, but we do have, I know I said this last week, but we do have our next two guests lined up. So I guess if we can get a, get the guest that was supposed to be on tonight, we can get her and uh, we'll put her in in a couple of weeks. The nice thing about this show is that the guests aren't, like, timely, Right. They're kind of evergreen, so you can yep. listen to every episode whenever the hell you want. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we, um, it's yeah, just so Ethan we get and I tonight. Yeah. We get, to, but, we get to rip on some topics again and uh, have some fun. So Yeah, I'm, so I'm I, f- I figured we have, we have a pretty strident, active, enjoyed audience. Enjoyed? That's a enjoyed. terrible word. <laughs> I like it. Um, but I decided that, you know what, maybe what we need to do is do like a Q&A episode. And we got three. I mean, guys, I got to tell you. For a, a momentary thought that I just kind of was a throwaway, you guys really kicked ass on the question. It was like 15 minutes, and there was like three amazing questions. Yep. And granted, it was the th- it was three people who I kind of expected question. Well, two I expected a question from. One that kind of surprised me, and he was what the first one. Yeah. But it was it was really really cool to get some good questions that I think we can turn into a really good episode. Absolutely. So, yeah, so um, you want to just dive into yeah, the question? Yeah, let's just get going, for sure. All right, so the first question is from my 500 um, mm-hmm. Instagram follower mate giveaway partner, um, Bear Naked, and he writes, I find it hard to do the non-making part of the business. I want to do it, but I'd rather just make all the things. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, how do you stay motivated to do the non-making part of it, whether it be the video editing or website stuff, blog posts or otherwise, or, you know, podcasts? <laughs> Forget the podcast, Justin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a great question. It is a great question. Um, now, I'll, I'll sit back on this one a little bit because you create more content about making than I do. Um, my content is really the podcast and my Instagram feed, but your Instagram feed is clearly higher effort than mine. I mean, that's that's the, that's a given. I mean, yeah, we I can, can kick we, it off for sure. So yeah, you go I mean, ahead, it, hit that one up. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. As I read that, I I was like, you know what? I I feel like I should be asking someone else that question because I think I've mentioned it in every single episode that we've done where I'm I'm little struggling with that myself right now as to who I want to be when I grow up. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I love think, it. But it's a it's a really good question. I think it's one of a, one of those things that we all struggle with in this space, in the sense that there's so many things you can do. There's podcasts. There's YouTube. There's Instagram. There's all these things. And even within Instagram, there's stories. There's videos versus photo posts. You know, there's all these different things to do. And so I was trying to think about it because, you know, stepping back and not just thinking about my own situation, thinking about how, what I would suggest. And I think what it comes down to, and we've talked about this a little bit before, is I think it really, you really need to look at what is your end goal or at least where you want to head, um, right? So if, if your main goal is selling products, it probably doesn't make sense to have a YouTube channel, YouTube channel right? Mm. I mean, that, that's a lot of time, a lot of effort, and you're not going to get direct sales from a YouTube channel, right? That's, you know, I got to say, you're the first person that ever said it that way, and it really does resonate for me. 
That's that's crazy. I never yeah. thought of it that way, but that's that's so logical and rational. Yeah, I mean, so so again, it depends on what your what your goal is. So if if your goal is to make things and sell things, you know, I think then that guides your path a little bit, and you should really focus on Instagram and your uh, Facebook market and those types of things. And you know, it probably doesn't. You probably don't need to make spend the time making videos. I think you take really really nice pictures and shots, and that it you know you spend your time doing that and that's what's going to drive sales. Mm-hmm. But if you're in in it for more kind of content creation or or you really enjoy the process of making. And, and again, that's part of what we've been I've been saying about myself is for me the making as Justin puts it, part of that making is making the videos for me, right? Mm-hmm. I enjoy making the products and I enjoy making the videos that show how I made the product. Um and so for me that that's where I spend my time. So I, I, to me, that's the biggest thing is figure out what you want to do, what your end goal is, and then you uh, craft what, where you spend your time from that. Um, but then another cl- couple quick things, too, that I've, I've found for myself is there's two things that I've, I've done. Um, one is I've created, I've moved all of my editing and everything to purely mobile. So all my editing, video editing and photo editing is all on my iPad. My iPad Pro uh, with LumaFusion, I can do that anywhere. Um, and what that actually allows me to do is, you know, I like to make, I like to be in my shop, but I also like spending time with my girlfriend, right? I don't want to just spend my, all my time in my shop. So having, being able to edit and stuff on my iPad wherever I'm at, I can do that while we're hanging out watching TV or mm-hmm. things like that. So it's, so it's not a trade-off of spending time doing that versus spending time with humans, right? <laughs> um, so that's one of the things I, I've done that's been very beneficial and helped me kind of balance life a little bit. And then the other two is finding projects that you can do anywhere. And my favorite thing about the leather work is stitching, is I can do stitching anywhere. I don't have to be in the shop. I don't have to be in the garage. I can do that on the sofa, at the kitchen counter, whatever. And that allows me the flexibility, again, of continuing to make and meet those deadlines or whatever but still spend time with people um, that are close to me. So does that make sense? I don't even know. A hundred percent, actually. Um, For me, for me, my primary focus, as you said, even though I do enjoy the process of making things, but it is making things to sell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, as you said, and this is probably why, and maybe it was subconscious that making a YouTube channel just seems like a waste of my time. Right. You know, and I, I, for me and my business model, it just kind of, my business model wasn't a plan. Mm-hmm. My business model kind of formed itself organically. And what my business model ended up being was go into your shop, make something really cool and take a lot of pictures of it and post it on Instagram. Right. And that drives sales for me. Exactly. In fact, and I got, um, just this past week and I, I, you know, Every once in a while, something will happen to me, and I'll just go, "Is this really happening to me?" <laughs> I got an I got an I got an email from an animal shelter in Tennessee that was holding um, a char- They're holding a, a benefit auction, and they wanted a cu- to know if I wanted to donate a couple of pieces for the auction. Awesome. And I'm like, "How the hell did you even know I right. existed?" Right. And the only thing I can think of is they found me on Instagram because mm-hmm. that's really where I have all my presence. But it's just such a crazy thing. You know, you 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 put yourself out there and you, you build this whole almost an image 
and you start to believe in that image and then something mm-hmm. happens and you go, wait, wow, everything I've talked myself into thinking was real is starting to happen. Actually happened. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so for me, yeah, the content creation part, like this podcast, the, the reason it's so effortless for me to do this podcast is because we schedule it. It's mm-hmm. eight o'clock Monday right. is podcast time. Yep. Um, that's when we do it, you know, unless a guest has a scheduling issue and then we can be flexible with the guest and record whenever, but it's eight o'clock Monday. I know yep. that eight o'clock to nine thirty, ten o'clock on Monday, that's my time. Me and Ethan, we're going to do the podcast. Unless you're talking to Bernie and then you're, and then it's, uh, then you start until right. one in the morning. Well, no, or... then you, you, you start the call at eight thirty <laughs> when you wanted to start it at eight and you stay on the phone until 12 o'clock and you finally say, listen, man, I love you to death, but if I don't go to bed soon, I'm going to be dead in the morning. Right. Um, and then you go, okay, we got to, but we still have to have, we have more to talk about. <laughs> so we have to schedule another call because we have way more to talk about. But I think for me, the non-making part of it is what gives me the ability to make. Yeah, that's a good um, point. You know, so for me, I need to do the Instagram stuff and I need mm-hmm. to be diligent about it. I need to answer comments, you know, mm-hmm. doing the giveaway that me and Bear Maked did grabbed me another 30 followers in a week and a half. Yeah. Now, I know 30 followers to people that have 10,000 doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're in the hundreds, oh, it means 30 followers, yep. that's 10%. Right. You know, and I grew my following 10% by doing the giveaway and we did crossover stuff and I picked up a lot of followers that were his. One of his followers bought something from me. Perfect. Right. I mean, this is what, this is what you do when you do the non-making stuff. So yeah, the non-making stuff can be a time suck, Yep, but it can also be your best marketing tool for getting your name and your brand out there and growing your name and your brand. Yeah, and I think too to the motivational part of it. How do you stay motivated to do it? Again, if it's if it's something that's going to drive you to that end goal, like I was saying, or which could be the sale, right, or building an audience. If you if it's something that's going to drive you to that, then it, it motivates you, right? So you you picked up thirty followers, you picked up a sale, uh-huh. and it motivated you to continue to put the time in to Instagram, right? I mean, yep. So that's where the motivation comes from. If it's something that isn't going to help you get towards your wherever you want to get, then that's where you get demotivated. If you find yourself, and this is this is advice I give people a lot when it comes to, for me, a lot of people have asked me like because they see I make sales, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have asked me, you know, like what's your? Do you have a thing? And one of the things is if you have to find your motivation yeah. to make stuff to sell, then making stuff to sell is not something you should be doing. Yep. You shouldn't have to find motivation to do things, right? So I would say if making YouTube videos is not something – is something you have to seek external motivation for or, you know, pump yourself up to do. It's not for you. It's not – that's not what you're meant to be doing. Right. It's just not. And that's not – it doesn't make you a bad person. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do a YouTube channel, but I can't motivate myself to do it. I can do this podcast in my sleep. I love doing right. this podcast. Exactly. This you pod- look forward to it, right? I, I mean, do. I, yeah, th- exactly. I'm the same way, right? You know, on Monday nights, like, I get home and I'm like, I, I, you know, just have dinner ready for me real quick so I can relax a little <laughs> bit. And then I'm ready. Eight o'clock. Let's yep. go. Let's go. You know, I don't need to motivate myself to do this. Yeah, I don't exactly. need to motivate myself to post stuff on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I would say if you feel like you have to drum up motivation, consider focusing your energy elsewhere. Yep. You might be more productive. You might see more results that way. Uh, totally agree. Um Wow, that was I, – I never thought I would think that much about that question. I just thought it was <laughs> no, a cool question, but wow. Good one, Justin. Thank yeah. you. 
Uh, next question? Sure, let's do it. All right. Um, from Bernie Solo. Bernie. I'd like to know how you guys keep track of your project ideas, sketchbook, notebook, whiteboard, to-do list, etc., and how detailed do you get with planning before starting? Um, you want me to take this one? Yeah, I'm actually I'm super interested because I think everyone's so different with this a little bit, and so I'm excited to hear what you say. Okay, so here's, here's my system. You okay. ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't have one. <laughs> okay, so I have a couple of ways that I track what I want to do. Yep. Um, okay. For customers, for customers where I have stuff that I have to deliver, I use Todoist pretty much for everything. So everything in my organizational system mm-hmm. is a combination of Todoist and paper and Evernote. Yep. Those three things. Uh, not paper, pocket. Sorry, pocket. Okay, pocket, uh, yeah. Uh, so ideas that I get on the web where I'm like, I should try to make that, those go into pocket immediately. I yep. don't look at them. I don't read them. I just throw them in there. All right. On Todoist, I have a personal to-do. I have probably about 45 lists in Todoist. I'm not exaggerating. I have that many lists in Todoist. That's awesome, though. (laughs) And one of them is called pending deliverables. Okay. Pending deliverables get anything that goes in there gets a name, a date, and then a comment with an explanation of what I'm doing. That Hmm. is my project management method. So I know that, you know, Emily's getting a pendant on, you know, she ordered it this day. I want to have it done by this day. It has, you know, I have to use these stones, this type of resin, this pendant frame. She wants a necklace on it. That all goes into the pending deliverables with a due date. And that's, you said that's it with Pocket? Todoist. Oh, Todoist. Okay. That's all with Todoist. Okay, Todoist. Okay. Okay. If I'm sketching something, it'll probably get sketched in whatever app I happen to open up. I'm really into notability on my iPad Pro hmm. um, because the nice thing about it is it also saves everything onto my phone. And while I don't like using it on my phone that much, it's nice that the exact note that I did on the iPad Pro is on my phone. So I can look at the note. I wouldn't want to edit it because it sucks to edit but anything. View it. Yeah. But I can look at it and I can go, right, okay, this is what I was thinking for that. And I take notes in that a lot too. I, re- I just wrote that down. I got to look into that. I don't. Oh, notability, honestly... Once you get to using it, it will yeah. change your life. It's okay. one of the best apps on the iPad. If you have an iPad, you have an iPad Pro because you're yeah. using LumaFusion. Yeah. Yep. It is one of the best apps you will ever use. It has palm rejection. So when you're writing with pencil, you don't get your palm print on it. <laughs> it's it's just a great app. It's probably one of my most used apps. Awesome. Definitely gotta um, check that out. But for me, there isn't really once something's underway. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of embarrassed to say I don't track whether it's done or not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've been working on a project that's just been my white whale for <laughs> I I can't even tell you how long I've been working on this thing, and I just can't get myself motivated to finish it, even though I know it's going to make the minute I'm done with it, I'm going to make money. Right? It's right. already sold. It's for a client. I cannot bring myself to get it yeah, done. Yeah, I hate those projects. <laughs> and I know it's sitting down there waiting to be done, but I've yep. done other projects that were faster and easier money. And it's bad. It's really bad. And I yeah. know it's bad and it's terrible. And it's this one, It's only been this one project <laughs> that I can't motivate myself to finish. I feel like we all have those once in a while, though. It's right? Just, like, just dreading it. And it's not even dreading it. It's just like, you're again, you're not motivated to do it for some reason. Exactly. Yeah, There's so. something about it where I know, I know that once I dive into it, I'm probably going to screw it up and I'm going to have to start yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, if I just don't start it, I can't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's some logic for you. It's yeah, like the, exactly. that, like that, that Eddie Murphy gif where he's pointing in his head. <laughs> Can't screw it up if you don't yep. start. <laughs> but 
I don't really have a project management thing for once I start a project because yeah. generally once I'm going on something, it's it's usually for a client and then it's done and then it's out the door. The only time it's not is if I'm just experimenting. Usually that's in the morning where I'm playing around with making a new piece or something. And then mm-hmm. that just goes in a box, goes up on the store, and it gets put in my inventory until it sells, which right. is what happened today. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd love to say, Bernie, that I have some kind of great project management system. I have a loose project management system that just keeps me aware of what's coming, but I don't really manage projects. So I don't get detailed with it. I don't really sketch my stuff that much. I prefer to just kind of dive in and see what comes out. So that's how I do it. Well, yeah. So now let's switch it to me, who has a very similar uh, no structure. <laughs> Less than you, actually. Yeah. I mean, so I don't have, I definitely don't have a project management system by any means. Um, I, so, I carry a field notes book with me um, wherever I go, and that's just to jot ideas down so I don't forget them. I don't sketch in it much. Um, I rarely sketch. Um, I do most of most of my designing or figuring it out projects and stuff in my head, um, and a lot of times while I'm driving. I had someone reach out this week and was asking about you know they had mentioned they'd heard that I had an hour and a half uh, commute uh, three times a week, and they asked what I did, and I said I listened to podcasts and. So she said, and then I said, I also, that's when I spent a lot of time just thinking of projects and thinking about how to, how that could work and stuff like that. So I do a lot of that in my head, which is not always the most effective, but Mm -hmm. um, that's how I work. She also asked about podcasts and I said, well, have you heard about this podcast call? Because we make, (laughs) so hopefully we got another listener out of that. But, um, but yeah, so I have a, I have a field notes book that I just jot ideas down. Um, And sometimes if it's kind of a, if I, there's a unique kind of design element that I'm worried I'm going to forget. I'll do a rough sketch, but nothing specific. Um, so that's how I keep track of just upcoming projects and ideas and concepts. Um, for orders and stuff like that, I just, I'm old school with a spreadsheet. I, here's the person, here's what they want, here, here's their address, and so on, and I just manage it. Again, I, you know, I'm new to the sales side of this stuff, so it's still easy to manage that way. Mm-hmm. I think as I you know, as I get more and more orders, I'll have to figure out a better process. But right now, that's that seems to work. So it's nothing too, you know, too earth shattering or. Yeah, yeah, I built. I built. I, I I readily admit, and I tell people this all the time. I overbuilt what I call my logistics system mm-hmm. and the way I do. I overbuilt it. I did. I built it for a business that's fifteen times the size <laughs> of mine. I really did. But I I did that with the expectation that if any one product just pops. I'm ready. Yeah. Like, I can do... My shipping process now is so clean that I can go from idea to shipped in about an hour. When I'm just amazed, and and you said, I think the first time we talked was that you get orders out the next day, which is just amazing. Every time. Amazing to me. Well, so there's a couple of things. There's a couple of reasons for that. One of them is most of the stuff that I ship out of my store... Yeah, is already is made. Stu- is stuff that's already made. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Um, if it's the custom pendants, I have that process down. Now, it took me, you know, you saw the process as I was learning it. Mm-hmm. It took me a month to get that process to the point where I can just crank them out. Right. Um, and in fact, I made a YouTube video showing everybody. I mean, look, I'm, I'm an open book. Right. I readily admit that the it does not take me long to make these pendants. Yep. Yeah, you the, said that from the start. There is work involved. There's supplies involved. And I... I, my margins are good. They're not exceptional, mm-hmm. but they're good. 
And I'm not going to sit here and pretend, oh, I'm just giving them to you for cost. No, I'm making money on this. Yeah. Because I sell things to make money like everyone else does. Right. But I I guess I'm selling them at a fair enough price because people are buying them. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But my process for that took months. Yeah. I would say about... So you you spent the time up front. I mean, that's the thing. Right. Right. Absolutely. Because my idea was I want to be able to churn these out. I don't want it to take me... Like anytime it takes me more than one try to make one, I've lost money on that item. And there have been a couple recently where I made them and they're just in the garbage sitting right yeah. next to me right now. And I'm like, well, that was lost money. Right. Anytime I have to, you know, and you guys have to understand if you don't make stuff, you have a certain set of standards. Yep. And if something doesn't meet your standards, you don't just send it out anyway. You throw it away and you do it again. Right. And you keep throwing it away and doing it again until you don't have to throw it away and do it again anymore. Yep. But everything you've thrown away and done again, those are supplies you burned. Right. That's, That's time you used. Right. That's yeah. So yeah, it may cost. I may charge you twenty dollars for that pendant, and it only cost me maybe twelve dollars to make it and ship it. But I also spent a month and a half of my time getting that process to the yeah. point where I can make one in in twenty five minutes. Yep. And ship it. So yeah. I don't know how this really relates to what Bernie was asking, but there isn't a lot of planning f- on my end. Well, no, I think that it, I think that it goes very. I think that is perfect. It's, it's you do the your the planning up front. You do the work up front so that yeah. it doesn't take a lot of planning when you actually get to the mm-hmm. you know to the starting I, line. I, I got a better example. I got a better example than the pendant. My cutting boards, mm-hmm. right? So okay. this weekend I cranked out two cutting boards. Now I didn't finish them, obviously. I'm, I'm, they're not done yet, but. I got. I went from Saturday morning buying wood yep. to last night having two cutting board blanks that just need to be um, sanded, routed, and oiled. Yep. Okay? That was a two-day process. Right. You know, why? Because the first cutting board I made took me five days. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, five days. The second one I made, I ruined three different boards making. Right. So, you know, you... You develop your processes, you develop all this. So the planning for me, there isn't a plan. Right. If I'm making a cutting board, this is what has to be done to make a cutting board. If I'm making a pendant, this is what's done to make a pendant. If I'm cutting something on the Glowforge or making leather bracelets, which are going to, the way it's going seems to be like, they're going to be my next big thing. <laughs> I, um, I, I'm not surprised. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, what, it's you, awesome. never know what's go, you never know what's going to land. You don't. By the way, that's part of planning too. Right. It's not just planning what you're making. It's planning what your next thing is going to be. Mm-hmm. Like once these bracelets start moving, I'm going to be making these bracelets while I'm figuring out the next thing I'm mm-hmm. going to make. Well, I think that's too, I mean, that's the other part of planning. And we talked about it a little bit last time. You can't plan for things to be a success either. So if you spend too much time trying to come up with the perfect thing versus just trying a lot of different things, you're going to miss out. I mean, because mm-hmm. you don't know. You don't know what's going to resonate. And so sometimes, and that's the approach I take with Instagram, right? As I just, I keep going and, and I know there's going to be flops and I know there's going to be unexpected surprises and, and you just keep moving and, and trying new things. In the Glowforge group today, a woman posted, um, she was doing um, very small, probably, I think they look like they were about 10 inch um, round signs. Mm-hmm. She did two versions. She did a, an acrylic version and she did a wood version. And she put them both up in the group, and she goes, which one should I put in my store? <laughs> and the only answer in that whole thread was me saying, why not both? Right. 
Right. Why would you make two of something? That is, yes. And yeah. then ask, which one should I sell? Well, you made two. Put them both in your store and, and see, which, see one. which one sells. Let the customers decide which one you should post. Why right? are you making that decision? You right. already made both pieces That's in so both true. styles. Yeah. Like, and so my answer was the old El Paso, the little girl that has her shoulders up and goes, why not both? Right. <laughs> because that's, I mean, it's, and I, sometimes I look at people and I'm like, wow, you made something really beautiful, but you don't know what the hell you're doing. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not a stupid person. Stop thinking, <laughs> you know, just, just seriously, right. just, just do, just do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You made a beautiful product. And by the way, both of them were, we're beautiful. She did a beautiful job designing the artwork on them is is beautiful. And I'm like, well, why the hell do you have to decide? Put them both up. Well, and there's probably going to be one person that likes one and one person that likes the other. And so totally. there you go. You got two sales instead of one. And so. not for nothing, but I mean, you know, here's the dirty little secret. You have a Glowforge. Right. If you're just cutting and engraving, why do you need to have more than one of each anyway? Right. Somebody orders one, you can make one in 10 minutes. Right. You're right. not, and now we're not talking, remember, we're not talking about hand painting. We're yeah. not talking about, you know, finishing you know, attaching findings of some kind, putting hanging hardware on, nothing. We're talking just making the rounds and engraving them. Yeah. Why the totally. hell are you making, make one of each, <laughs> put it on your store and say that they're made on demand. Well, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pull back the kimono a little bit here. Yeah. Let's do okay. It. Okay. A couple of months ago, um, right before my surgery, actually, Dollar Tree every once in a while has these bamboo cutting boards on sale. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. So they had these boards, and I'm not joking. I bought a case of them, 24. And how much do you think they cost, Ethan? 24. Pro tip, it's from Dollar Tree. How um, much do you think each one cost? <laughs> I'm going to go with 24, Bob. You are correct. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. So I sell those cutting boards. Those small, they're small. They're not, they're about the size. They're slightly smaller than a piece of um, eight and a half by 11 paper. Yeah. So I would say they're probably like 7 by 10, which is probably about the right size, right? right? They're bamboo. They're nice. They're not worth a damn thing by themselves. So what do I do? I put them in the, I put them in the Glowforge. I engrave, this is where I murder vegetables. Which I love. That's so funny. It's great. Yeah. And I sell them for 15 bucks. Right. Okay. And the person buying it for 15 bucks thinks they're getting... Nobody has ever bought one and said, this isn't worth 15 bucks. Right. They, they're ecstatic, I'm sure. Exactly. Right. And to me, I look at that and go, this is a high margin. Now, in fairness, it costs me $4 to ship it. Mm -hmm. And the envelope I put it in cost me about $0.70. Cents. Mm -hmm. So four seventy, two dollars $2. So we're up to $6.70, and I sell it for 15 Now, That's a good my credit. Yeah, exactly. And if my credit card if you know if my credit card processor is hit rather than PayPal, they take three and a half percent. Right. So we're talking another twenty something cents, right? We're not talking about large amounts of money here. Right. But that one item is a high seller for me. It sells like crazy. People love these damn cutting boards. That's it's fun. really just a matter of put the damn thing up. I don't right. put. Uh, I don't have fifty of them downstairs. I have none. If you order one of them, I go down to my Glowforge, yep. and I make it on demand. Why? Because I can offer 30 different things that I can put on those boards, have no inventory, <laughs> and just sell the one that I want to sell. In fact, one of the things I'm going to work on tomorrow is I'm going to put other designs as an option on that cutting board. Oh, yeah. Am yeah. I going to make them? No, I'm not stupid. I have 24. I have 20 left. Or Right. 18 left or whatever it is, right? Yep. They're all downstairs. 
I'll show you what I could put on it. You see the sample one. If you want it, you know how to find me. Order one. Yeah. I'll make it. It'll be good. You'll be happy. Exactly. And so everyone wins. That's how you work with a Glowforge. So that woman asking which one she should sell just really just like, <laughs> why are you asking? Make them both. That's the wrong sh- answer. Right, yeah, wrong question, I mean. Make them both. What are you that's... doing? Yeah, totally. <sighs> so <laughs> I have some news, Ethan. Yeah? We are about 30 minutes into this podcast already. Wow. See, you know what that means? So what does that mean? It means we're going to take a break for our first sponsor. Let's do it. Here Excellent. we go. All right. Yeah, we have sponsors now. We're legit. We are legit. <laughs> All right, we have one last question. We also have two topics, and you know, I have I have something interesting that I mentioned to Ethan before we started because I just thought it was really cool, and it's totally vain, and it's a vanity thing, and I'm <laughs> going to mention it anyway. But anyway, we have one more question from our friend Sharon, Figments Made. Former, actually, Bernie was a former guest, too. Right. Yeah. Wow, holy crap. I just realized the only one on this list that hasn't been a guest is Justin. Yep. Sorry. Justin, we're going to get you on. We'll get you on, Justin. We will get you on. That is, I promise you. There, <laughs> You know what's funny? There are so many people who started following this podcast when we rebooted it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I want to have them on. I want to have <laughs> them on. I want to have <laughs> no. them on. I want to have them on. I'm like, wait, we, get, we can't go that far ahead yet. Yeah, right. So, And I don't want to be arrogant and say I know if I call these people, they'll just come on. But <laughs> I have a feeling that I wouldn't get a lot of resistance. Let's Absolutely. put it that way. Right. Um, you know, we're, I just realized we basically answered Sharon's question with the last question, but Sharon's question is any bits of wisdom for someone about to start selling stuff they make tips, tricks, winning lottery numbers. Sorry, Sharon can't help you there. Whatever. (laughs) Um, you want to take this or do you want me to take it or? Well, I mean, I'll let you start it out because again, I think you've sold a lot more. You've been more in that space than I Mm -hmm. have been. So, okay. So. Sharon, this is this is what I'm going to tell. I'm going to give you a couple of pieces of advice that people don't tell you when you start selling stuff. <laughs> that if you're not selling it, okay. And also, I'm not talking about selling at fairs and craft shows and right. stuff like That's that. That's a whole other right. Yeah, this is this is you know your online business. Okay, number one, first thing, get your shipping set up mm. right away. First thing, don't screw around with it. Go to eBay. You can buy a Zebra ZP450 thermal printer, which is the industry standard, refurbished for $129. And it'll come with four rolls of labels. And honestly, unless you're super busy, four rolls of labels (laughs) is going to last you a really long time. And if it doesn't, you are in good shape. Yeah, if it doesn't, I promise you, you won't care that it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, get yourself a Zebra ZP450. There literally is no better thermal printer on the planet right now. It's a really good combination of unkillable and cheap. Number two, and this is something that people balk at and tell me I'm insane, but I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Do not, and I mentioned this on the podcast once, do not ever use priority mailboxes. I don't give a damn if the post office offers to white glove your stuff into those boxes. You tell them, thank you, sir. Please take my brown box. A, yep. The brown the the priority mail boxes, you look like an amateur when you use mm-hmm. them. You just do. Sorry, I don't care who you are. You look like an amateur when you sell with them. You always want the appearance of bigness. Okay. Number yep. two, number two, and more importantly, those boxes, I promise you, are more expensive than you using your own box and selling them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do not use the post office boxes. I keep a couple here. I'm not going to pretend I don't. I keep a couple. There's a couple on my shipping station over here. 
I keep them for play when I'm doing B2B stuff and it's heavy. Right. That's exactly, I keep yep. those boxes are perfect for that. That's the only time that they make they make sense is when it's really, really heavy, small, but really, really heavy. Mm-hmm. Dense, yep. generally dense things. Yep. yep. For sure. Okay. Number three. Get yourself set up with pirate ship and get to know your postal service. Pirate Don't ship. so I'm learning now too. Hold on. Pirate ship. <laughs> so I used to use stamps.com. I oh, used yeah. stamps.com for probably about two years. That's the one I've heard, no, I know of. Yeah, everyone knows stamps.com, right. right? They're great. I'm not going to say they're not great, but here's the problem: they charge sixteen dollars a month, and oh, now man. they're going to start charging nineteen dollars a month. They they don't provide, and this is this is just the truth. They don't provide anything for that price. They don't. You don't get anything from stamps.com that you can't get for free from pirate ship okay so bruce turned me on to pirate ship and i was like nah i'm happy with stamps.com and about a week later stamps.com sent this thing and said yeah we're gonna raise the rates and i'm like oh screw you (laughs) you're already taking too much of my damn money so i started up with pirate ship and i've been very very happy with the nice thing about pirate ship is they get a heavy i don't know how they get it but they get a heavy discount on first class and so it's free. It's a free service? 100% free. Wow. I don't understand how they're doing They must be bulk buying their shipping from the postal right. service and then selling it back to customers. I, I, it's a miracle. They take um, Their standard discount on first class is 26%. It's a substantial discount. I don't think I ever pay more than $4 to ship anything. Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, if, if you're going to do it... Get to know your postal service. Don't ship UPS. You're insane if you ship UPS. It's too expensive. Oh, UPS and, is the worst. And FedEx is even worse than UPS. Yeah. Yep. So learn your postal service. Learn the services they offer. Get comfortable with it because it is the cheapest way you're going to ship your stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next thing. Go to a place like Uline. Okay. And I know Uline, are you crazy? <laughs> Listen, to, just hear me out. Go to Uline. Get yourself the 14 by 5 by nine by five envelopes the padded envelopes Mm -hmm. get a box of those get about 50 to 100 eight by eight by two boxes and about 50 to 100 of the 11 by eight by three i think they are or 11 by six by three boxes if there's anything you can't ship in any of those three (laughs) i mean there i don't know what you're going to be selling right but i'm pretty sure that 90% of what you sell is going to go first class because it's wonderfully cheap and unbelievably reliable, by the way. But you're going to ship most of the stuff in the padded envelopes. If yep. you need a box, you have two smaller size boxes. But buy your boxes up front. Mm-hmm. I did that. I spent about $200 on boxes when I first started doing this. I haven't gone through all the boxes. I'm halfway through my envelopes. Okay. That's crazy. Shipping supplies matter. You don't ship your stuff in postal priority flat rate boxes. Like I said, that looks like an amateur. And don't ship your stuff in Amazon boxes. Yeah, right. Used Amazon boxes, right. Remember, you got to remember, you're not selling with your boxes. You're not selling your items. You're selling your brand. Yep. Your brand matters. And your brand has to be, we're a legit business. Mm -hmm. You know, I spent... I spend on average every couple of months, I spend an average on $50 on boxes for my jewelry. Mm-hmm. And I put a handmade by Vincent Fry sticker on the top of them. Why? Well, getting personalized boxes is expensive. 
Yeah. But I get black matte boxes and I put a sticker on the top. Mm-hmm. When you get that box, it looks professionally made and it's got my brand on the top of it. Well, the, we talked, I think we talked about this the first, the first time I was on. I, all I do is, I, I mean, I made a handmade stamp and I have the brown kind of paper wrapped boxes and mm-hmm. I put my stamp on it. And that's almost an extension of it's the look and feel I'm tr- I'm trying to go for. Right. And so the fact that the stamp isn't perfect and stuff like that doesn't matter. It doesn't it's, matter. It, it's part of my brand. And you know what that cost me? Nothing. I mean, it cost me, I, I don't even know what the price is. I mean, I think I get like 50 of those boxes for like 10 bucks or something on Amazon. So your brand, everything you do with selling stuff that you make a lot of people I've seen, and uh, this is um, this is something that makers are very guilty of. Your brand is more than the thing in the box. Yep. Your brand is the box. Here, here's another one that I see people doing, and this is this is something where I go, I can't believe people do this. Okay. People will go through all the effort of you know having Uline boxes, nice plain brown boxes, and they'll package everything nicely. They'll use airbags that they've saved from their Amazon shipments or. God, don't use packing peanuts. Everyone hates packing peanuts. Don't use packing peanuts. Yeah, never. You get get a roll of brown paper and crumble it. Right. Trust me on this. <laughs> okay. But everybody goes through all this and they're like, oh, I made this beautiful thing. And then they put it in a mediocre box and it just looks just half done. And then they take, they go to their regular inkjet or laser printer and they print out the label and they just tape it onto the box. Yep. Guys, Honestly, if I got that from you, your stuff, if it isn't exceptional, I am not going to order from you anymore. Right. Because your brand comes across as slapdash done in a basement by a guy that just doesn't give a damn. Right. I, I, and look. Right. Well, you put so much effort into the product itself. Spend the, spend the 10 minutes to put some effort into the packaging. Think about what you've done, right? You sat there. You, you make a cutting board. You do this beautiful maple and mahogany cutting board you put feet on it you've sanded it to perfection you water you sprayed it so the grain would pop up so you could sand it even glassy smooth it was beautiful before you put the oil on it but it is just stunning and you dump it in amazon box and you take your printed out label and you slap it on with some (laughs) cello tape and you call yourself a no guys what keeps people coming back is you are a legitimate business person you're a right. legitimate person. It's hard to get the stuff out there. And I'm, I'm working on the assumption you've already sold stuff. And maybe that's not the, this isn't the advice that Sharon's looking for. And I'm sorry. But to me, there's so much that you tell a customer by how you ship stuff to them. Yeah. It's just, you can spend days getting that part right. And mm-hmm. it's worth it. Right. It's so worth it. Every single, I, at my busiest time, I have a pad. Next to my next to my monitor here. And every single order I ship out gets a personalized note to the person mm-hmm. thanking them for the order. I now, think that's hugely important too. I think it's I think it's massive. Yeah. Now, again, I, I always I just finished saying you want the look of big. My stuff does look big. But then when I do that, it's yeah. got a personal touch yep. to it. It's and the combination. Pe- people that order go, Oh, that's so nice. He wrote a per- he wrote. Not right. typed. Yeah, yeah. It's not that's in the comment right. section on the invoice mm-hmm. or the packing list, right? I handwrite a note to every single customer thanking them for trusting me with their money. 
Right. My my handwriting is horrible, but again, oh, it I is. Mean, I can I can vouch for it. Yes. Right. You saw it, <laughs> but but it's authentic, right? It's, but I appreciated it. Yes. Right. Because it, it if I, if I was worried about that, then I would have typed it, right? But then it exactly. would have been less personal. It's much less personal. I'd rather yeah. have chicken scratch that I can barely read. Yeah. <laughs> than a wonderfully beautiful font because it yeah. just looks like oh, I know that that six sentences took a lot longer than it would have taken to type it right or and yeah i didn't just copy paste your name right right yep hi first name thank you for your order <laughs> comma i appreciate your order of insert item here you know exactly it's you can do a lot um but i think one of the things that people get wrong when they start selling stuff particularly online is you you get this mindset of well this is my business i can do what i want no you can't right because you're not competing with yourself mm-hmm. you're competing with amazon yep you're SC. selling yeah exactly you're right. selling artisanal things that are higher value most of the time than the things you're going to find on amazon well and, and, and what you don't want to happen is to have someone from etsy who has a sub product you know a way less professional product come across as being more professional because mm-hmm. they have their shipping game is on point, right? Yeah. Like you, you don't want that. You're a hundred percent. And it's yeah. so, it's such an easy thing and it's, yeah. it's such a neglected thing. And maybe it's just because of the industry I come from where, you know, I was very, for a while I was the warehouse manager, mm-hmm. um, filling in for the guy who they fired, Um, I was the warehouse manager and the packaging mattered and the label mattered and everything mattered. All these little things. Also, something else that I always tell people, I run my business as if I could lose my business any day. Mm -hmm. If you're on Amazon, when you sell on Amazon, your metrics matter. Um, Your order fulfillment speed, your – what else? Your your customer satisfaction rate. The – not just the speed that you send stuff, but the actual speed – um, the actual on-time delivery rate oh, that okay, matters. Yeah. yeah, all of this stuff matters, right? Mm-hmm. Amazon usually requires you to ship within two days. Right. I run my business like I'm on Amazon. Right. Like at any moment, at any moment, Amazon could come in and say, "Mr. Ferrari, your 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 shipping is not up to par. Your customers aren't <laughs> happy. We're shutting you down." Yeah. I I, I operate like I'm not at my own mercy. I yeah. operate like somebody's above me watching me. Yeah. And that that keeps you honest, man. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. You know, I don't have to ship stuff next day. No, I don't. I could don't. I make stuff by hand. I could ship stuff a week later and most mm-hmm. of the time no one's going to give a damn. Oh, and 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 I've done that and I've been upfront about it, which mm-hmm. I think is important too. I, well, I think that's the another thing that's Good one. To is that being honest and upfront goes a long way and as we talked about last time being in communication with it too mm-hmm. so even if even if you even if you tell the person i'm not going to get to it for two weeks right mm-hmm. i'm not going to get to it follow up in a week and just say listen uh, you know everything's still on plan i still plan on getting to it in a week do that in a week don't do it the day before you send it right do right. it a week after because then they know that you're you're it's still top of mind you haven't forgotten about it that's right? and communication yeah. is very very important also yeah. You're from the time they make the order to if you have a question about an order that a customer made, don't wait. Right. The second you have that question, ask it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Ask it. You know, be on top of it. If they send you a message, like one of the things that I've gotten really, really on top of things with is I 
am a hawk about emails when mm-hmm. it comes to my business. You know, people that people, if someone's asking you a question, it's because they want to buy something. Mm-hmm. One of the people that bought um, one of my more recent pendants for me messaged me in the middle of the day and asked me what the size was. And I realized I never put the size in the item description. I'm like, damn it, why didn't I think of that? Okay. How do I figure this out? Well, I went back to where I bought the damn pendant frames from, and I got the measurements. And yeah. I messaged them. I think I maybe it was a 10-minute difference between when they asked and when I answered. But that person Huge. ordered. Right. Huge. Huge. You, you're, you're, remember, you are, you know, Jason Stapleton, who I always call my mentor, always <laughs> says one thing, and he's 100% right. Whatever business you're in is not the business you're in. Right. The business you're in is selling. Yep. And well, no, no matter what you are, your business is sales. <laughs> you know what's so funny is as we're talking about this and as I'm listening to you talk about all this, um, the the piece that keeps coming across to me is that it's, we're not talking about selling like what you're selling. Right. Because it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. About, it doesn't matter. Cause, well, because we're one, we're assuming that you're going to make good things, which I know that Sharon would. But mm-hmm. like it's not about that. It's nope. about everything else. So it's about managing the... Uh, expenses outside of your product because the product is going to cost what it's going to cost, right? And your time's mm-hmm. going to cost what it's going to cost. But the things you can manage are the shipping and all the overhead and all those types of things. Mm-hmm. And then it, so there's that part of managing the costs. And then it's also managing the presence or, you know, your appearance or what your whatever your brand is, you're managing that. We have not talked anything about what you're actually selling. And I think that's a very important point is that that's only that's a very small part of getting repeat sales or getting sales to begin with. It's almost a non-part. Exactly. I agree. And, and that, you know, I, I, it's why when you listen to a podcast like Made for Profit, mm-hmm. they don't tell you what they're making. Mm-hmm. It no. doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. It's, it's more about, you know, if you want to sell, you need people to trust your brand. Right. You need people to be interested in what you're selling. Mm-hmm. That doesn't. It doesn't matter what you're selling. It matters that the people you're selling are interested in what you're selling. Right. And you know, if you can present the image of, you know, like my image for what I'm, you know, I do woodwork, mm-hmm. right? But I make jewelry. Yep. But my image right now, if you ask people what I do, I make jewelry. Right. They will tell you with a straight face that I make jewelry. Well, there it's are the couple, same with leather for me, right? I mean, yeah. that's right. Doesn't matter what else you make, Ethan. Yep. You're the leather guy. Right. I'm the jewelry guy now. Yep. I, why am I the jewelry guy? Well, because that's the brand that I've promoted the yep. hardest. It's yep. the persona I've built. Right. And, you know, part of, part of any bits of wisdom for someone about to start selling stuff, show the stuff. Yeah. Don't be afraid. And, and this is going to sound counterintuitive. Don't be afraid to give your stuff away. Yeah. Well, I, it's so funny. I was about to say that because I, I feel so strongly about that. Mm-hmm. The, and we've talked about it before, and I think let's we should start you know a drinking game where every time I talk about the exacto knives because whatever. But uh, but no, but that's that's what I've done with the exacto knife is I've done I've given those away I've donated you know I've put them up for auction stuff like that, and I've got more business out of that. So maybe I give one away if I get four orders from giving one away because it it's spreads awareness and goodwill and all that. Heck, I've made out. I mean, that's yeah. the best investment ever, right? To give yeah. one away that doesn't cost me much at all, um, to get some goodwill and to get some and gets four sales. That's, I'll take that every day. And I'm going to tell you, this is going to sound like a 
dick thing to say, and I don't mean <laughs> it to come off that way, but if you're making small items and your margins are so tight you can't give them away, you're not yeah. pricing it high oh, enough. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. You're not pri- you're mm-hmm. pricing if you can't give an occasional thing away, your pricing sucks. Right. And we're not you're talking probably, all the time. I mean, Yeah, you know, I'm not yeah, saying no. open up right. the door and say come right. on in, take what you want. Strategically give things away. Right. I have a friend. I have a friend. I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but I have a friend who's gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even joking. She's if, if if I was if I was being a dirty scummy bastard and I wanted to give her a number, I'd give her a 9. I mean, she's she's gorgeous. Yeah. Knowing and I've told her this to her face. Well, digitally because i haven't seen her in a while but i told her once she goes i want to order so much from you i said you can order as much as you want and i'm going to give you a lot of free stuff she goes why are you giving me free stuff i said because you're my hot friend (laughs) and you get the hot friend discount why because when my hot friend wears something and somebody asks her where they got it from it's good for business you know there's a reason instagram influencers are a thing right And to me, she's an influencer. It is worth it to me to do a custom piece for her every once in a while and just kind of give it to her. Mm -hmm. She's paid me for stuff. She's bought. She's bought stuff from me. This isn't like you're still. You're not losing money on. I'm not losing money on on giving her stuff. I am not. Trust me, I'm not losing money. I has she gotten me any sales? I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't know if anyone said, hey, this person, I saw your stuff on her neck and I really like it. Can you make one for me? I don't know. But I also know that it's a good risk to give yep. some stuff away to someone who's going to show it off. Everything I've given her or sold her, she has put on her Instagram with her wearing it with a big smile on her face. Yep. And it's like, I would have to be an idiot to not give her an occasional thing knowing that if I give it to her, she's going to promote it. Yeah. No, nope. definitely. Well, I think the same thing goes with, and this is a tip I would give a lot of people for Instagram growth, right? There's, I think that, as we said last episode, the hacks are done, but there is one thing that I have found that does really, really well, and that's giving, providing a product for someone else's giveaway. Mm. That every time I've done that, I've only done it maybe three or four times, um, and it's been with people that I know and you know I support anyways. I would do it regardless, right? But that gets a lot of traffic. And the reason being is that one, it's free publicity, right? They're, they're pushing you out there. They're saying you get, you have to follow this person, right? So you're, I mean, I guess that's spying followers, but not really, but, but it gives you so much exposure. And again, it costs one exacto knife and, and you get all these eyes on it. And all of a sudden people that hadn't found you or hadn't stopped and taken the notice now do because there's, giveaway and yeah your product is my is it's not a woodpeckers you know multi-pack mm-hmm. it's it's just something simple but it puts your name out there and again it doesn't cost much and it totally totally works that is one of the best things i've ever done is uh for for growth again it's not, maybe it hasn't translated to direct sales verbatim but it it definitely works for growing it, your audience it helps so it helps brand awareness. Yeah, exactly. It helps brand awareness, right? You got to remember that when you start selling stuff, you're not building your item. <laughs> you're right. building your brand. Right. Your brand is the only thing you have when you get started. Yep. It's it. I mean, you 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 live and you die by perception of who you are, perception of what you make, and perception of the company you make it for. Yep. And... If you make stuff and you don't put effort into being your brand, mm-hmm. 
then you know what? It's you're just another guy making stuff. And I, you know, as much as Ethan and I love this space, there's a lot of people in it. Yeah. And a lot of scumbags in it that are making stuff a lot cheaper than we are. Mm-hmm. You know, I make these pendants, I sell them for 20 bucks. I don't have a problem selling them and I'll never sell them for less. I don't think it's fair to, to me to sell mm-hmm. them for less than $20, right? Right. But I've seen people, I've seen people selling them for $8. Yeah. Now for me, I can't sell them for $8. It costs me $8 right. to get them out the door. What, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a charity. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm not a charity. That doesn't mean that I go, oh, I'm going to sell them for 30. No, I'm very reasonable with my pricing. Right. But yeah, I also, I see so many people. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I got to sell this. Like, I got to make a dollar on this. John Malecki gave the greatest advice about this ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. And it is so oh, stuck yeah, with no, me. I know exactly what it is yeah. so yep. stuck with me yep. that it's, it's become my mantra when it comes Absolutely. to selling. Absolutely. And he said, if you're getting nothing but yeses, your prices are too low. Such good advice. Yep. You have to get some no's. You have to be almost ashamed of your price. Right. No, if you, you're not if you're not ashamed, you're not charging enough. I know, and I hate getting the no's. I really do. Mm-hmm. I feel awkward about it. I you know, like you whatever, but you know what? That's but then you get a yes and you're like, oh, well, all right. Well, someone's willing to pay for it. So I'm then it must not be priced too high, right? I, I mean, I, I agree. I sell my cutting yeah. boards for $140. Yep. Now, I know people that sell cutting boards for 100 bucks. Yeah. I know I know people that are selling cutting boards kind of comparable to what I'm making for 65 bucks. Yeah. But what am I doing with those cutting boards? What did I start that sentence with? I'm selling cutting boards right. at $140. Right. right. Look, it's labor. It takes time. Yeah. You don't get, I don't come home from Home Depot and walk out the door when I get home, right? Cutting board in hand. That thing has to be made and your time is worth something. And when I tell someone $140, I've never gotten a no on a cutting board at that price. That's awesome. I got one, one of my friends just bought one for me and he broke my balls about it, right? He's like, $140, (laughs) you out of your mind? I'm like, you know what? I'll give it to you for $125. But don't ever expect another one at that price. Exactly right, right. Like forget it. You'll get this. I'll do 125 on this one, but I will <laughs> never give you another one at 125 dollars. And in the next one you buy or the next thing you buy, you're paying full price for it. Right, as they you should. Know. You well, don't get a friend funny, discount I at, forever. <laughs> I was at a wedding a couple weeks ago, and um, and friends from high school, and uh, one of them had been following me on, on Instagram and the serving tray I made, the wood serving tray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gorgeous. And he's like asking me about it. And he's like, so what do you charge for that? You know, and I kind of re- reluctantly, again, I Can get I guess? caught up Can in I my guess? own sense. I, I was like, well, you know, people sell cutting boards and stuff for 150, 170. He's like, Oh, I, w- I would have thought it was like two fifty. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, all right, you want one? I'll. Uh... But but it's that's the yeah. other thing too is that you don't you never know. It's just like bargaining or yeah. Hagger. You don't know what the other person is expecting to pay. So if you if you price it at a hundred, and you could have gotten one forty, you're you know. My you're first like... my first cutting board sale was the polar bear one. Yeah, and which is of course like of all the things. To dive into making making a cutting board with. I know. I like how you started with that. Yeah, I started with a freaking polar bear. I didn't... Okay, to put in perspective how under I estimated how difficult it was going to be, I had... My bandsaw was in the box when I started that project. Okay, I never even took it out of the box. It was still in the box on the floor of my shop, okay? I didn't even know if the blade worked. I just said, yeah, well, I'll do this for $140, right? 
Yeah, that damn cutting board took me a week to make. Yeah. Okay, but I did it, right? Yep. But when I when I came, I'm looking at the, I looked at what it was. I'm like, okay, it's got to be this, you know, because I have a mental picture of what a cutting board should be. So I right. know roughly rough sizes. I know how thick it should be, and I know about how much wood it's going to take to make. And I'm looking at, I'm thinking about, it, I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, I got to tell this woman $140, or I'm not making a penny on mm-hmm. this cutting board. And I, I mean, based on the amount of time I put into it, I probably lost money. But if I'm yeah, right, building for time, wise, forget right. it. I right. lost money on it. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking, at, I'm looking online, and I'm like, okay, if I make it this big, it's going to take this many pieces. And I'm, I'm literally doing the math. I'm like, I literally can't do this cheaper than $140. I right. can't tell this woman $140 for a goddamn cutting board. You know, you but can you go can. <laughs> right. So I go, I, I message. She, I said, okay, I have a price, and I. I don't know if I'm pricing this well for you, but I feel like this is a fair price. And you tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to do this for 140 bucks for you. And she goes, cool. When can you have it done? <laughs> right. And I agonized over the pricing for days. I'm like, right. I, you know, I got to get that. I got to get the wood. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be maple. And I, you know, I only know one place around here I can get maple. <laughs> and I got to, I got to rip it all down. It's going to take me hours and hours and hours. And yeah, the labor in this is good. And then I got to cut the damn thing. And it's going to, yeah, it's going to take a while. You know what? I'm going to just have to, it's going to have to be $140. There's That's, nothing I've else I can no do. I've got no choice, right? Yeah, I, exactly. You know, there's a gun to my head right now. And I That's tell her 140 bucks, And she's like, yeah, okay. Well, so and I, yeah, your first reaction is, Damn it! I could have probably said 180 bucks and right, probably exactly. got it, which I would have felt terrible doing that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but wow. Well, the, so the first time I, I think I've talked about it before, but um, when Lizzie from um, the House of Timbers, she does amazing scroll signs and just unbelievable work. But she she's reached out to me January of this past year, and as I said before, I did my first leather project in December, and she had a customer that wanted a leather to hang the sign, wanted a leather strap. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, you do leather work. And I was like, well, I've done one leather project. Um, so I guess I do leather work. And, uh, and, and she's like, oh, you'll be fine. And so she did it. And, but I was so anxious about the, the, the whole time and they wanted gray leather and I could not find gray leather for an affordable price anywhere. Like it was ridiculous. It was like 40 bucks for a piece of just a roll I, of leather. I literally have gray leather dye sitting on my table. I know. Right I, I know. Now. It's, it's, <laughs> well, you should start selling it because there's like a shortage. It's hard to get. It the is, Feeblings is out of yeah. stock at Tandy right now, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know what it is, but there's something about gray leather. Mm-hmm. So, but I ended up just like, so I was so like worried about the pricing and everything that I itemized everything. Like I was like, so it's going to cost me this and this, like, again, she wasn't even the customer, you know, like, and, uh, and I think she even talked me up. I think she was like, we're going to add another 20 bucks on top of that. So you actually makes like a decent amount of money. (laughs) It's like, wow. But, but, but it is true. Like those first projects when you don't really know what you're doing, and you don't know the the value of what you're making. It is hard. You feel like you're you feel like you're over you know overpricing things. And oh, I totally. think that's hard. That's a hard lesson to learn that you're not. I mean, things cost money. Time costs money, and well, you you got to put value in yourself. You have to get you have to get through your head. So you know, David Picciuto, David Picciuto's method is the day rate method. Yep. And I yeah. do generally use yeah. that for larger products, right? right? If I'm making something like I made floating shelves for a friend of mine. Oh yeah. And yep. yeah, it took me about four days of solid work to make yep. them. I wasn't work. Look, okay. right? You're not, not dirty little secret. Right. You're not working for four mm-hmm. straight days, but I probably put in a fair amount of hours on that. And I figured out my day rate, and I'm like, the market won't bear that day rate. 
Yeah. You know, it's just there is there are times where you'll come up with your day rate and go, there is no way, way right. in hell right. I can charge what a legitimate day rate price would be to right. make this item. You know, right. I'll give you a perfect example, and I won't give too much about the numbers, but Bruce and I both make cutting boards. Mm -hmm. I don't make as many as he does. He makes a lot more of them than I do. His are significantly cheaper than mine, even though he makes them thicker. Well, he doesn't make them thicker, but he does make them bigger. He uses more wood than I do. Okay. His boards are bigger than mine. Mine are thicker. Mm -hmm. Mine weigh probably about five to six pounds each. I like them. I like chunky, yeah, big, fat, heavy. God damn, it ain't moving nowhere. <laughs> you can cut whatever the hell you want right. on this thing, and it's staying put. And Bruce's are not far behind mine. Mm -hmm. Bruce's cutting boards are a lot cheaper. And he, I said, he, you know, he and I were talking about it yesterday, and he's like, yeah, you know, this is what I charge. I'm like, man, you can charge so much more for that up here. You know, because he's in Mississippi. Well, that's true, too. And, you know, your area sometimes can dictate what you can sell for. If I bump my price of my boards up to 180 I could probably keep selling them. I yeah. wouldn't feel right selling right. them at that price. Right. But right. I probably could sell it. Yeah. Could Bruce sell a cutting board at 180 It would be few and far between. Well, I it's funny hazard. that you say that. Cause, so, again, the friend that I was talking about, uh, talking to at the wedding... He lives in New York City, and he's like, and when I said when I said the price, and he said, oh, I I would have thought like two fifty. He's like, well, I do, well, I live yeah. in New York City. I live in Manhattan. No, he's, <laughs> you know? and he's right. So, that's he's that's right. a crazy no, thing. Totally. So I went into you know Evan and Caitlin when I started watching Evan and Caitlin. Um, that was when they were still making products for West Elm. Yep. And I had never been in a West Elm, and I was looking at the stuff that they were making. I'm like, wait, if this is the stuff they're making for West Elm, this must be the kind of stuff West Elm sells. Mm -hmm. And I went into West Elm, and I was just, I was so in love with that store. And I, to this day, I, I know that's a hipster, douchey thing to say, and I get it, but I, I have a soft spot for West Elm. Oh, I, lo I, I love West Elm. And oh. call me a hipster, call me a douchebag. I, yeah, well, I, congratulations. This is the now the hipster douchebag making <laughs> podcast. But yeah, man, it's just the stuff is just to me. It's my aesthetic. It's it gorgeous. Is. Well, and it and it has that feel of someone made it. it right. Doesn't and feel even factory though, made. And I'm gonna tell you the truth. Like there was, they have one on the on the one by me. They have this one piece on the wall. And my wife and I were looking. And she's like, "That's really pretty." I said, "Yeah, that was made on a CNC." And she goes, "How can you tell?" I said, "You can see where the bit plunged right there." And I pointed to it, and she goes, oh, wow, how did you see that? I was like, no, you don't understand. I don't come into West Elm to buy. As much as I love the stuff, I'm not in there to buy stuff. I'm in there to go, mm-hmm, now I know what I need to make. Mm-hmm, now I know what the next thing I need to take a crack at is, you know? And West Elm, to me, is, is inspiration. I walk around a store like that, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I want to make. That's the next thing I'm going to make. That's, the, that's my next project. It's right there. That I saw a dresser there the last time, and I'm like, wow, that dresser is $450. Right. Not a dresser, a night table. $450. Now, right, that's usually like, stand, right? yeah. And it was so simple, but it was so beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, I could totally see myself. Like, if I needed a nightstand, right. that's the nightstand I would make. I would come here. I would take two pictures of it. That would be good enough for me. Yep. And I would just start making it. Yeah. You know? And... West There's Elm to me. That, though. I mean, it's fabulous. But if I wanted to make that same nightstand and sell it for the same four fifty, I probably could. Yeah, that's that's why I brought up West Elm, right? Because well, that's look at what they charge. You, you should charge more. I mean, I completely agree. Right. I mean, 
they they do have some economies of scale and and product mass production and stuff like that. And there, if you look really really close at their stuff, I my home office has my desk is from West Elm and my desk chair is from West Elm, and they're both beautiful pieces. Again, mm-hmm. they're not. They're not IKEA, and nothing to knock on IKEA. I think they're. I think IKEA's design aesthetics are nice, but the products, some of their products are. Junk. I would say about fifty percent of their products should never be in anyone's house. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's the God's honest truth about no, IKEA. It, Half it, of the stuff is 100%. amazing. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Some of the stuff is actually really well made, which, mm-hmm. which I do feel bad that gets a bad rap. But then other stuff is just junk. Yeah. But anyways, but yeah. You look at this stuff and it's well made. It's it's very but there you can look. If you look close to your point, you can see oh, where, yeah. where where it was mass produced or it was on a production line. Uh-huh. And it's different. And the, and the, you those are the small details that most people probably don't care about. But for the people that do care about it, that's mm-hmm. where custom work is and, worth the extra money. And and by the way, just you know, just to add on to your point, with all those mistakes the fact that they're selling it at West Elm makes it right. worth a certain amount of money. Oh, absolutely. It comes so, with the name, right? Yeah. yeah so For they're sure. not – and this goes right back to – and Sharon, I know we've just spent a lot of time on your question <laughs> because it just resonates. But and this we is thought what, we answered it before. But. <laughs> yeah, right. This is, this is what we're talking about when we say building your brand matters, right? right? Mm-hmm. West Elm's brand says that when you buy a nightstand, it's going to cost you $450. Right. Where – Handmade by Vincent Ferrari goes, ah, 200 Would you be okay with 200 Because I don't really have... What do you think? Is that okay? You know? But I can't confidently yeah. say $400 for a night stand. I'm not at that point yeah. in my career yeah. yet. Right. But I also know that if you get one from me versus one from West Ham, I pretty much guarantee you mine will be made with a ton more love, mm-hmm. probably out of better materials, mm-hmm. and it will take me a lot longer. And when you get it, you'll pass it down. Yep, exactly. Right. You know, you know, no one's you're, passing down the IKEA dining room chairs. No, and you're probably only on the border of passing down some of the stuff as West, at West Elm. Mm-hmm. Some of it. Right. Some of it, again, West Elm's yeah, a lot like it's, IKEA. It's, it's utilitarian. I mean, it's it's for utility purposes that you're passing yeah. it down. You're not passing down yeah. for heirloom. Right. right. There's nothing about, I mean, look, as much as I love the stuff at West Elm, you're not passing down a beautiful dresser. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's the cool dresser that right. I have. And then in six years, you're going to be like, I can't believe I bought that stupid thing. <laughs> Why did yeah. I spend that on that? <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, so yeah, Sharon, <clears throat> bottom line. Everything you do that builds your brand is everything that matters. Mm-hmm. What you make is secondary to how you present what you make. And finding the avenues to save costs other places outside, oh, yeah. of, what, outside of your product. Like and fi- yeah. finding a friend that's been through this and has done it and can guide you, Yeah, very good idea. And yeah. you happen to have one of those friends, Sharon. <laughs> you may know him. And he'd be more than willing to help you out and help you get started. In fact, honestly, if anyone if anyone listening, you know, you need advice or whatever about shipping or, you know, logistics and stuff like that, it just happens to be something I'm pretty good at. Well, so I know I'm going to be hitting you up, so. I, that's what I'm here for, man. <laughs> Listen, I went from, and, and, you know, just to kind of swing my bona fides out a little bit, <laughs> I went from no business to a reasonably good online business in under a year. That's awesome. With, I'm I'm talking, I would I call it minimal investment. I haven't invested a lot of money. I've invested a lot of time and effort, right, but time, not a lot right. of money. Which is not, which is the, something we nothing, all have. Right, right. 
you, we all have time. Mm-hmm. We all have our effort. We all have our brains, right? Yep. You don't those have to the throw a lot of money. To spend. Right. Exactly. You, there's no excuse to not spend those. Right. Money comes, right? Yep. But, you know, the old truism of you have to spend money to make money is really true. Right. Pre- don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to present to buy something just because it makes your brand look better. I'm Definitely. looking into getting I'm looking into getting branded tissue paper. I love it. And why? Because branded tissue paper looks so damn cool. It does. That's and, cool. And I don't know that it's going to increase my sales, but I know when somebody opens a box goes, "Whoa, that's pretty cool." You, you know, what's the other tip too is like uh so like Sticker Mule and those com- those uh-huh. companies Follow them on Instagram because they have some super deals. So I got, oh, yeah. they, I mean, they had a deal for like um, packaging tape, you know, branded packaging tape. Oh, really? I think, yeah. Um, a while back. And oh. I think it was, I mean, I don't know what it goes for, you know, full price every day. Unless you're buying a lot of it, and it's lo- expensive. It, exactly. It's expensive. But they had a deal. I think it was like 19 bucks or no, it might have even been like 10 bucks for a roll of custom branded packaging tape for That's 10 phenomenal. bucks and, and again i don't use it all the time but when i have that special package yeah you bet your ass i'm putting it on that you know oh. and it, so again you watch for those deals it's small investment for something you know i had i have another <clears throat> i have another tip for people selling online and <laughs> this is going to sound like the dumbest tip ever <clears throat> until you have to deal with it if your logo has more than one color <laughs> make an alternate version of your logo Trust me when I tell you this. You do not want to deal with having stuff printed in multiple colors. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, okay. So let me, I'll give you a good example. So, and it doesn't work on pirate ship, but on stamps.com, they can put your logo on your, on your labels. Oh, really? And I used to do that with them. Mm -hmm. And why does it work? Because the handmade by Vincent Ferrari logo is literally one color. Your logo is one one color. color. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So. And and why did it, why do I know this? Because the day job, the you know the place I work with that enables me to do a night job. What a, <laughs> what a life I live! I work in one job so I can so enable can myself to have job. two. Um, but the the day job, we were designing product packaging, and we had a standard logo. Yeah. No big deal. I put it on a box. I'm like, that doesn't work. You can't see it. Uh, I had to make three different alternate logo. Now they're all on brand. Just shifts in the colors or outlines yep. where needed. The point is, don't die with your logo. Yeah, your, your logo is important. Yep. But you should have an alternate one that's easy to print, costs you very little, and you can have. Okay, Ethan just mentioned custom package packing tape, right? So we wanted to have custom packing tape made. Um, you know the machines that you pull the lever and it spits out the wet, um, the wet um, nylon reinforced brown paper. St- tape oh yeah 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 yeah, one of those so you go it's like a jackpot machine right so (laughs) it's those lottery numbers that sharon's looking for basically yeah sharon it's 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 in a tape dispenser (laughs) um we wanted to have tape made for my company and it's like oh well that's cheap enough right well the logo this is the thing right the logo was one of the components of the logo was a purple x it's like oh okay so it's purple so it's one color and what you have the black and whatever no 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 it was a purple X, but it was like every shade of purple in a gradient. The tape <laughs> was so expensive right. that we just didn't have it made. Oh, yeah. And they didn't have an alternate version of the logo because no one had ever thought like, hey, why would we need an alternate version of our logo? We, this is our logo. We just put it on everything. So they just didn't make the tape. Right. 
And it's like, yeah, dude, make an alternate logo. Yeah, I mean, like, there, ma- make one that represents the logo. There's value to a color. I mean, and I've I've thought about this myself. Like, you know, Bob is or you know the orange. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave David Picciuto is the red. You know, there is value to that. But at the same time, to your point, that doesn't mean you don't you don't have a black and white version, right? Right. Because for because for the things that aren't your social media presence, right, or your YouTube thumbnails, right, or your Twitter handle, or your even your Twitter theme, which you can set for your individual account, your logo color doesn't really matter. I know exactly. Right. If you're when you're printing on a thermal label, you get black. Yeah. That's right. it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So have an alternate version of your logo that prints easily and would work on stuff like packing tape or, you know, printouts or invoices. Invoices. Right. Invoices are going. Now, I have a color laser printer. To me, it doesn't matter. Most people don't. Most people, at best, have a black and white laser. Mm-hmm. You, you got to have a logo that looks good in black and white because you, you start printing halftone dots to make <laughs> up color on your laser printer. You look like amateur yeah. hour and it looks terrible mm-hmm. so there you go see more about brand it's always it always comes back to it your does. brand and what you present i actually so sharon's would work very well actually Hers yeah sharon also white. is a yeah. black and white logo yeah. but think about think about this is obviously advice that people have heard why look at some crafted workshop black mm-hmm. and white alm alm fab alm yep. fab black and white yep. um Oh my God! I mean, DIY more DIY creators. His logo mm-hmm. is black oh, yeah. and white. Like I, this, I mean, and I, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, but the simple. The, his logo is like super simple. It's simpler than mine, which is yeah, like embarrassing which, because right. mine is embarrassingly simple. It's simple, but it, but it, but I still know it every time mm-hmm. I see it. Every mm-hmm. time I see that font and everything, I'm like, that's yep, it. yep, that's funny. So black and white, yep. and, and you know it's. You don't have to have black and white as your primary colors. It just worked out that way for me because I needed a logo in a hurry, and I liked the way this looked in the mm-hmm. circle and all that. But seriously, have a black and white version of your logo because yep. there are times where you're going to want one. For sure. So work on it. Fix it. Get it going. <laughs> Sharon, you already you already at the you're head good. of the class because you already did this, but that's a piece of advice that you don't think about until you bump into the first situation where you go to put your logo on something and go, uh oh, huh. <laughs> that doesn't <Crap>. work. <laughs> you know, like the tissue paper I want to order, right? Oh, yeah. One color tissue paper is super, super cheap. Four color blending tissue oh, paper God, yeah. is very expensive. You know, four color process paper where you have to give them your sample with registration marks <laughs> and color co- and, you know, bleeds and everything. Mm-hmm. You don't want to deal with that. Trust me, just have a black and white version of your logo. Uh. Okay. Whew. Whew. Wow. Wow, we did we did the first two questions in a half hour. And I know, then we really, 45 minutes on Sharon's question. And again, we, we thought, we got to Sharon's, and we're like, oh, well, we already answered that. And so yeah. then we spent the most time on that. Which, is, which, by the way, it worked out because we did have two more topics we could have discussed to fill we'll in. We'll save them. We don't even need them. That's no. how good we are. <laughs> uh, I, I meant to, so this happened after we recorded last week. Or before, but we never plugged that you were on the Maker Vision podcast. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. We, we forgot to plug it. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you got to plug your podcast on there. On theirs, yeah. Dig, dig, <laughs> dig. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the, what's the gentleman? Travis? Uh, Trevor. Trevor. Trevor um, and Martina. Trevor and I had a nice conversation a couple of days ago. We were oh, talking you did? about Yeah, we were talking about um, 
a computer for editing and whatever. And I'm like, I really love my Surface Pro 6, dude. Mm-hmm. I got the i7, I got the 512 gigs, I got the 16 gigs of RAM, and I don't need another computer. Yeah. So it, it's just a perfect computer. And he's like, well, does it do 4K? And I'm like, shit, I don't know. Yeah. But again, <laughs> I'm guessing it does. I'm you know? sure it does. But yeah. yeah. But So I'm going to work on that for him. But yeah, we had a nice conversation about computers. Yeah, he's and, a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. And so is Martina. They're, they're yep. both good people. Yep. So sure. follow... Check that out. Um, it was episode, was it 53 that you did? I have no idea. I should know that song. Uh, it's 53 or 58. Um, I'm looking now. Make There's a vision. A really podcast. awkward, uh, like, profile uh, picture of me. Oh, my God. It's so, it's Ethan. It's so oh, bad. It's so bad, right? Why do you, I mean, look, you know I love you, so I'm saying yeah. this with love. Why no. do you look like such a dork in that picture? I, I don't know how to take a picture of myself. I'm horrible at it. You're very good at doing video. You have this nice warmth to you. And yeah. then this picture Well, it takes like... me about 40 tries, but yes. <laughs> I know. I need, I need a professional, like portrait photographer or something yeah, i don't know you need some headshots done yes yeah, so it was it was episode it was episode 59 getting to know ethan carter yeah. ethan carter of fame for whatever reason ethan carter's famous for we'll never know um <laughs> but i'd actually recommend listening to my first episode on this podcast if you want to get to know me but oh, oh wow Wow, he's wow. plugging his own pod. God, you're good at this already. I love it. <laughs> Bravissimo. Bravissimo. I I've always I always say it. I always say it. And I said it last week, and I'll say it again. There are a lot of people who started listening to this podcast when you joined it. So oh, wow. I appreciate that. It is just, it's so good having you. And next week's guest yep. is somebody I had the privilege of meeting through Ethan, which is kind of cool. So It's very cool. You're going to, yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. She's I, great. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. And you guys are just going to have to stick around to find out who it is. And uh, <laughs> if, if I'm assuming she's going to show up. I mean, I don't know these days. Oh, I know her. She'll show up. She's, she'll show up. Yeah. It's so funny because I was talking to Garrett from Kim and Garrett Make It. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, you know, um, now that we're back, you know, I want to <laughs> have you guys on again because we had such a good – I of all the episodes I did mm-hmm. before you came on – I think I had the most fun on that one. Really? Talking to him and her. Oh, my God. I haven't laughed that much <laughs> in so long. And it was just like, because the running gag is that Garrett and I were separated at birth. <laughs> and the more we, the, so Beth hadn't heard both sides of the conversation. She only yeah. heard what I was saying to them. When we, we went on a, we did a little road trip um, right after I recorded. And we were listening to it. And she's hearing us talking and she's hearing Garrett give answers to questions and she's looking at me like oh my god you're Garrett <laughs> like she's like she's like you, you you're twins it, you're the same person you just recorded and, the same episode and you just asked yourself the same it, question it, <laughs> you know if Kim wasn't on with him you never would have known <laughs> right, it was right. someone else it was just awesome. me with a different voice and accent but yeah so Kim and Garrett will be back on before oh, we that. go on hiatus for for Christmas. And uh, we do have other people coming. And the only reason I brought up Kim and Garrett is because they've already been on and they're coming on in the future. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, I am I'm so looking forward to having them back on. It was funny because I said, yeah, you guys have to come back on because we had such a good time the last time. And Garrett's like, yeah, I'll come back on and we'll even use a good mic this time. <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, it's kind of like when you're like, well, maybe I'll have you back on as a co-host sometime at the end of our episode. <laughs> and then the next day. Dude, I, you know, I don't, Beth pointed out that I'd said that. Yeah. 
and I didn't even know I said it. Well, and I, and I didn't even I took it as just like banter, you know. But well, it, it was <clears throat> that's how quick I knew. That's how that's quick so I knew. It was like, yeah, we have to do this every week. Like, oh, I need so much fun. I need backup, and it was you know the feedback. By the way, um, I know we're we're rambling a little bit, but I had a lot <laughs> of thoughts. It's I've gotten a lot of feedback, and I I just you know I'm not gonna cry. Promise, I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> But seriously, the feedback we got after last week's episode has just been amazing. Yeah, that and was good. It was really good. And, you know, a couple of you said, and it means a lot to me, mm-hmm. a lot of you have said that I sounded like myself again. Yeah, for sure. And I was the like... energy oh, was different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. I went back and I was like, well, how different did I sound? Yep. And I realized that from the Bobisode on... I call it the Bob episode. It was the episode <laughs> with Bob from I Like to Make Stuff, for those of you keeping score. From that episode on, the podcast was declining badly. And I didn't realize it at the time. But listening back to it, I hear it. And it's just like, oh, my God, had I kept going and not brought Ethan on and just tried to just power through, I would have run this show into the ground. Uh. And hearing people say that it really sounded like I was back to myself again. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to make this about me, Ethan. No, I'm just, no but you, absolutely. Hearing hearing people tell me that I sounded like myself and I was back to where I was in the beginning, and it was just, it was so awesome. encouraging. I was like, okay, so it wasn't just me. I wasn't, the right, decline right. was something that people were noticing. Yeah. So it feels really good, and I really appreciate the kind words. It means so much to me that you guys stuck around. Our last episode is doing better after a week than the season finale of the prior season, which means you guys stuck around. And I was so worried that we were going to put that episode out and it was just going to be screaming into an empty, an empty (laughs) hanger. And that didn't happen. And I, I appreciate it tremendously. And I'm, you know, I just get the excitement I get from everyone that like, just even acknowledges that they listen. And as silly as that sounds, it, it's like it gets me through the week. It gets me energized to do this again, and it gets me energized to make more. It, it's just, it is. It it's very contagious. The feedback. it is, so it is, and the appreciate our, everyone. Our fans, like, I've been doing podcasts since you had to download them on iTunes and put them on your Clickwheel iPod. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's how long I've been doing podcasts. That's awesome. And in all my years of doing podcasts, I don't think I've ever gotten the level of feedback and support that I've gotten for this one. And it really does drive me every single week to give you guys the best podcast that I'm capable of giving you. And if I can't do that, then I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to betray my fans, our fans. Sorry. Don't want to make this about me. Um, I don't want to betray our fans by putting out a subpar product. And that's why we took the hiatus we did. And I mean, you could see it when we came back. It's a, it's a better show (laughs) it was worth taking the time off to reset get better and we're just gonna keep kicking ass it's just gonna keep getting better too yes yes and we already have guests booked and i can just make two emails and i'll have more guests coming so (laughs) just just this whole season isn't going to be just me and ethan i promise we'll have we'll go back to having guests too it's just nice that i can he and i can just have a conversation and you guys can come along for the ride i look forward to it every monday night so ah me too (laughs) <laughs> Me too. Wholeheartedly, I don't try to get yeah. out of it. Yeah, <laughs> so I think 
that's going to do it for this week. Um, all the links, well, what links? It's me and Ethan. You know where to find us. Ethan's links are in the show notes because the, the podcast posts to my website, so you don't need to know where to find me. If you're listening to the podcast, you've already found me. Um, Ethan's information will be in there. Ethan's on Twitter now. You should go follow him on Twitter and annoy him because he's learning Twitter, and it's very cute. It's it's painful, <laughs> painful. I'm like, I, I, I feel like a fish out of water. I don't know, but... He, I'm gonna figure it out one of these days. You will. You will get there. You figured out. You figured out Instagram better than anyone I know. So if you can figure out Instagram, you can figure out Twitter. I'm confident. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Um, but that's gonna do it for this week. We will be back next week with a guest, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, and I know she, if she if she's listening to this, when you listen to this guest for next week, just tell me you're gonna be on. Okay. Okay. Um, you have no choice. No, I'm just <laughs> we'll come down there and kidnap you and drag you in front of a microphone. Um, I know where to find a lot of metal stuff that we can make into handcuffs. Ooh, is that a clue? Uh, if you like the show, please consider leaving a review or um, you know a, re- a review, a rating on the podcast platform you listen on. That's a big help to us. Reviews are a huge help to us. You never know. There might be a giveaway coming up in a couple of weeks for people that leave reviews. You never know. But we we may not warn you in advance to leave a review. Yeah, we so. may just drop it on whoever's left the review. <laughs> in fact, we may be doing it next week. You never know. You never know. You don't know. Don't miss out. <laughs> this stuff is free to give away, but that doesn't mean you're going to win it. So get your butt over there and write a review. No, seriously, write a review for us because that really does help when when app when you search for a podcast, Apple surfaces the ones with the best reviews and the most reviews. So the more reviews we get, the better it is. I don't care if you don't want to donate. I'd rather you just leave a review. I always say that. I really do mean it. I don't need he the does. money. We, we don't need the money from you. I really want the reviews. If I have to pay for them, damn it, I'll pay for it with a giveaway. But I really want the reviews. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week. We will be back next week. Our guest hopefully will be back. I'm sure she, this is my request for her to confirm when she listens. So let's see. Uh, let's see how long it takes her from the time this drops to the time we get the confirmation. And we will talk to you again next week. Love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>